Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rijsdam. I'm joined, as always, by Don Pizzette. Don, how you doing? I am doing great. We've got uh, some great articles lined up today. You know, some interesting things going on in the IT world, so it'll be fun to talk about that. And, uh, you know, just... Gerald, good time to hang out. Yeah, normally uh, they're all bad articles, but today yeah, yeah. Um, we have some good ones. <laughs> Today's an exception. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and to help us understand those, oh, we have Daniel Lowry as well. Daniel, how are you doing? Hola. How's it going today? You know, I can't complain. Uh, you can lie about Don always being here, though. Yeah, I can do yeah, that. Yeah, I noticed that you did that. He's always here today. <laughs> yeah, he's always You know, speaking of which, uh, I am going to miss, well, maybe not. I'm going to be at RSA uh, at the beginning of June doing a, a little presentation there, so... Uh, while I'm there, we'll have to see if I can remote in for the podcast or not. But if any of our listeners happen to be at RSA this coming June, uh, I will be there, I believe June 6th and 7th. I will be at the Moscone Center in San something or another. Francisco. San Fernandina. <laughs> I feel like we're doing an episode of like uh, some like NPR talk. We're all just kind of... Just really nice oh, talking. Good yeah, times. Like good times. Yeah, good times. That's because you're hearing yourself. Good times. It probably we, is. Set it yeah. up a little different. All right. Well, as you said, a lot of news to get to. So let's go ahead and jump in with our first article, which comes to us from xda-developers.com. Microsoft Edge is getting a built-in VPN powered by Cloudflare. And I got to tell you, I, I I kind of laughed, I think, the, uh, the time that you said, Don, that you use Edge a lot, even on like a MacBook. I do. And we're like, What's what's the point of that? It's Chromium based and all that, but something like this is the kind of thing that makes you makes you think twice about going ahead and running that. Yeah. Before we run too far with that, I have to ask you a question. Do you shop at Wall Dash Mart? What did I say wrong? XDA Dash Developers. Just. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I'm trying to say it in a way that oh. you can actually type <laughs> Do you it in. Shop at Wall Dash Mart. If I say XDADevelopers.com, someone's going to type in that. All right. You know, there All was, right. There was the some build up to that joke, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it took me a second because I, I, I looked back at the whole title going, the only dash I see is built in. And I'm like, was I supposed to say built it's dash just, in? It's just XDA Developers. But yeah, if you're trying to say the URL, I, I was got trying to say it. the URL for You were trying to help our listeners. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Yeah. But as Don says, screw you, listeners. <laughs> Right. Uh, you know, speaking of trying to help our listeners, Microsoft, right? Uh, constantly looking to improve Edge. Edge is a Chromium-based browser. You could make the argument, why bother running it? Why not just run Chrome, right? Uh, plenty. That of is a great question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I kind of did an experiment back in January and switched to using Edge on a few different devices, on Windows, Linux, and Mac OS, because they, they release for all three platforms now, uh, just to, to see what that would be like. And... I've actually really enjoyed it. I, I do find that uh, consumption-wise, as far as like resources, is about the same as Chrome. Not really any different there. Uh, but I have found that the synchronization between devices works a little bit better. It's really easy for me to hand tabs off between devices, which is kind of cool. Uh, but Microsoft is looking to add some new stuff. And some of the stuff is downright stupid, right? I mean, there's some really bad things they've tried to add in it. Uh, their little built-in coupon finder thing and suggested websites and stuff. I turn all that off. Uh, but they are currently testing a free VPN, right? A, a virtual private network that's built into Edge where it can basically create an encrypted session up to a provider and then provide you, you secure connectivity. A couple of notes about it. First off, uh, the tests at least are being done using Cloudflare as the VPN provider. So Microsoft is not providing the VPN. 
they're connecting to Cloudflare's VPN service. Uh, and the second thing is they are holding it to about one gigabyte of data per month, which is something you could eat up pretty quickly watching YouTube videos. But if you're just browsing the web, that's, that's usually uh, quite a bit. So and yeah, you, that, can, you can pay for more. Uh, so right now it's just in testing. Okay. And so it's completely free. Eventually, we have to wait and see. Is it going to be ad-supported? Is it going to be pay? We, we don't know yet. So I'm curious because one of the, the features it touts is that it's harder to be tracked. Now, Microsoft, as we will see later uh, in this episode, in our last article actually, makes a good portion of their money from ad revenue. Um, why would they want to make that less valuable for them? So we have to be really careful in how we interpret a statement like it makes it harder to be tracked, right? Because you have to ask, tracked by who? Because if I'm on Microsoft's VPN or Cloudflare's VPN, the, the first legs of my journey to the Internet are now an encrypted tunnel, right? Mm -hmm. So my ISP, let's say I have uh, AT&T, so I have AT&T Fiber at home. So AT&T would have no idea where I was going. They would just see my VPN tunnel, and that's it. So AT&T could not track me. But if I go to outlook.com and log in with my Microsoft account, they know exactly who I am. Okay. They know where I'm at and what I'm doing. Uh, if I go to Google. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you have to be logged in with your Microsoft account to enable this feature in Edge at this yeah. point. Yeah, it's, it's a part of your Microsoft account. Okay, yeah, so they're basically saying only we can track you. Yeah, now, that's now, our now, data. Obviously, <laughs> if you log into Gmail or something like that, you still get that. But, but sure. they're saying that, that we'll get everything. And it's, and it's not, this isn't just a Microsoft thing. I don't want to call them out because yeah. no, like. No. If you're using NordVPN or Everybody's one of these horrible. <laughs> well, all the VPNs work the same way, right? They they encrypt you to the VPN provider. They don't encrypt from the VPN provider to your destination. And so your destination knows exactly who you are and where you've been and all that. So you're really just basically keeping your data private from people on your local network and your ISP. That's it. That's yeah. that's all the privacy you're getting out of it. Now, if you're at Starbucks, you don't want the people in Starbucks to see your connectivity, and you don't want to trust Starbucks ISP. So a VPN has some value, but it's really only half the journey that you're going to take. Yeah, you need like proxy servers and whatnot to really yeah. start anonymizing yeah. your actual traffic. And, and, and Tor is the same way. Like once you go into Tor, you're nice and anonymous and safe. But once you exit Tor, if you hit Amazon's webpage and log in, Amazon knows who you are. Yeah, you show you, you it's kind coming. of fed them credentials. It, you did. You know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I mean, that's that's the purpose of it, right? You want to log in. That's yeah. fine that they mm -hmm. know that that's you um, if you're using Amazon as a service. I, I'm I'm kind of like, sometimes I like the algorithm when it suggests things to me. Hey, maybe you like that. I finally, for the most part, though, that doesn't really um, suggest things that I find quite useful or that I would want. Every now and then it'll hit something. So I wish I could opt out of that. That would yeah. be good for me since I'm paying to use your service anyway. I feel that that should be an option for me. But, hey, what are you going to do? I don't create the thing. They don't yeah. ask me. Yeah. So uh, going back to what you were saying about them adding in some other things into, into Edge, uh, since it is Chromium-based, do Chrome extensions work? They do, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, when, it, give it a try. Yeah. when Edge first launched, it didn't have any extensions of their own, and you yeah. could just go to the the Chrome extension store and install whatever you wanted, and they work just fine. I, I never ran into one that didn't work. Um, but now they have their own Edge extension store. Mm -hmm. uh, but if something's missing from it, you can just jump over to the other the other store, the, the Chrome one, and install. Yeah, it, it, honestly, it works really well. I'm, I've been happy with it. I'll give it a try. I'll report back. <laughs> All right. Our next article comes to us from Tom's Hardware. All one word. It's no Tom, spaces. apostrophe S. <laughs> 
Yeah, Tom's yeah. is Tom's is hardware. That's Tango Oscar. <laughs> uh, verbatim launches right once external SSD with ten year warranty. So I, I'm curious about this. So this is like a like a CDR, but not an RW. Like you can write to this once. What what is the use case for something like that? So backups, or? backups is really the main use case, but also, um, and Daniel, you might have to correct me on this, non-repudiation, uh, right. right? So if, if I get subpoenaed mm. to turn over data, well, there's a, a chain of custody that has to be followed, and the judge is going to require that I show that this has not been tampered with. Well, if I backed the data up to media that cannot be changed, right, that's right once media then that's admissible in court. I can submit that, and it obviously hasn't been tampered with because you can only write to it once. So that's that's the main thing. This isn't something that a home user would really use because it's probably going to be expensive. Hmm. Um, that's, that's my question. Does it make it cheaper that it's like single use? No. And you know, <laughs> So I used to work for a bank, a regional bank. We had a lot of sensitive data, and a lot of it had to be retained. And we actually had, well, we had two SAN storage area networks uh, that were replicated between two physical facilities. But in our disaster recovery center, we had an EMC Sentara box. And what the Sentara was, was a giant, it, it was a sand. It's like a half man, half horse. Uh, very, very similar, yes. <laughs> right, okay. Yep. And uh, except a lot more expensive. Yeah. And it was the size of a 42U rack, but it was all storage. It was designed where you could only write to it once. You could not change data once it was on there. It was called immutable is that yeah, right? Immutable, immutable storage? Yeah. yeah. Then immutable when it's storage. full, what do you roll that back into a storage? Yes. Basically, yeah. 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 And and we had to do that because we were FDIC insured okay. and we had to be able to submit it. So this type solution, what Verbatim is launching, is way cheaper because now you don't need this this giant SAN, whatever. You know, this is just an external drive that you can attach. And this probably has about as much storage as that big thing did. Well, it looks like the, the initial version of it has 128 gigs of storage, which is not a whole lot considering that your average hard drive these days is like four terabytes in yeah. size. Uh, so this is pretty small. But if you're just backing up documents or something, that'll that'll carry you a long way. Interesting. But All right. Well, something to check out for those. Well, I was going to yeah. if you really want to have some fun with this article, I do. continue to read. It says that no. we do not guarantee that you cannot overwrite the files on this thing. Uh, so I wonder keep if that's that legalese because of <laughs> yeah. what Don's saying. It's like, we don't want to, yeah. hey, if someone figures out how to hack this right. thing and that's write back over it, saying. we're not you liable. Know, yeah. So um, with the EMC Sentara, their big selling point, I mean, that thing, it cost over $100,000. It was yeah. expensive. Yeah. Uh, they had gotten it certified by the Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. So it was actually certified yeah. and designated. This is admissible as evidence. So I wonder if... Uh, potentially verbatim hasn't been through that process yet, and they're still working on it. I'd be curious to see. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it's neat if you have a need for this type of media. Another, another interesting little factoid that they pointed out in the article was about the 10-year warranty does not cover data. <laughs> it only covers if the, like, if the drive breaks in some fashion, we will give you another drive. Yeah. The you data know, that you had on it that may be like, yeah, yeah, IP or R&D stuff could be just gone, gone, gone. And we're so sorry that happened. But that's going to be anybody that's a, a new physical drive. storage device. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one's empty. Yeah. I, I saw the warranty, and I wondered about that because, like, all right, let's say the drive fails. Yeah. It's been eight years, and the drive fails. What, what point does the warranty serve? You, yeah. you can't replace the data that was on it. Right. No, but you get so, a new drive for free. But yeah. who cares? Like, it, it, there's Because you'll and, definitely want to use that also, product. Like, Don, tell, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong. 
I got drives that are older, ten years old. I can spin them up right now. They work just fine. Yeah, that's true. Right. So, what good is their little ten-year warranty? No spinning required. This maybe that. I guess it's a warranty. If it does physically break, I can replace it. But again, so why would you want I'm to out the money? Yeah. If you don't, if you don't trust this anymore, why do you? Right. It's it's just it's it's, it's very marketing. You can me. sell it on eBay. Yeah, it's strange. I, mean, I get the right. You know. <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> All right, now that's funny. Uh, because you can't sell it on eBay because right, your right data is on there and you can't take it off. No, if you, if get, you the get the new drive and, oh, and you're like, well, I'm oh. not using this crap again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least you can get some money back. Yeah. You got a lot of somebody else. But I, I <laughs> hadn't thought of it until just now, though. Like, you can't get your data off of it. Yeah. So there, yeah. there is no resale there's value. No resale. Yeah. Uh, unless it's blank, it's like you said. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a strange invention. But <laughs> how many people do you think are going to buy them? And then find out, oh crap! This has already got some bank's information on here. You know, they didn't have a price on here, did they? Um, no, because you mentioned I didn't cheaper, but you didn't. But you know, I, I didn't see anywhere. Yeah, dollar sign. Well, it's definitely gonna be cheaper because the well, like, yeah. the Sentara hardware was nuts. But um, uh, and this one sucks. I'd be yeah. curious. I, I imagine <laughs> the price would make it where somebody wouldn't buy it by accident. Mm, okay. You know, so you think it's considerably more? It would be considerably more than a one hundred and twenty-eight gig. Drive an external drive. almost almost a given, okay. right? Because you can get a four terabyte drive for under a hundred bucks. It's funny to me. This I know it's it's not because of the use case you described, but it sounds like well, this is a drive that doesn't do all the things that that your normal drive does. So it's more like <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. It, it, especially if they can get this one uh, certified, certified. Oh, yeah. then then it'll yeah, it'll, it'll be worth the, the money. Your Trying to see if I can find a price real quick, but I cannot. Eighty thousand. Well, Don does what? that. I'm going to read the next headline, which I meant to ask you about ahead of time. <laughs> How to I pronounce didn't. it? So this is going to be uh, this is a a fresh read. Uh, Kool Aid. Psych read, if you will. Uh, this is from StorageReview.com. Grade Supreme Raid SR1010 GPU based NVMe Raid announced. SR-1010. <laughs> I feel like you're making That's fun. That's funny. So SR-71, this is the, uh, <laughs> the SR Blackbird. Yeah, the no, Blackbird. I, what did I do wrong there? Wait, the, the grade Supreme Raid SR-1010, isn't that Elon Musk's kid? I believe. <laughs> yeah. It's Grimes uh, and Elon's kid. Did I say most of that right? Is it Grimes? I have no idea. I so, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I, I, I grabbed this article because it, it actually highlights something really interesting. So, I, I've, I've never heard of. Does it? Because I didn't understand any of that. So, I, yeah. I thought it was G RAID, but I could see okay. it being GRAID, but it's spelled G R A I D. And, and the reason I think it's probably G RAID is this is a, a company that's focused on RAID controller technology. So, redundant array of independent disks. They want to make, obviously, yeah. Highly redundant storage for what servers. What does G stand for in their case? Like GPU, right? Uh, in this case, I believe it does stand for GPU. That's what really sets us apart is that it's GPU-based. Now, I've been, I don't want to say complaining, maybe... Uh, uh, <laughs> Don never complains. No, whining, I don't know. I, I've been doing something uh, about how when you look at computers today, the GPUs are able to get more done than the CPUs in a lot of cases. Right, A CPU has to be general purpose. But a GPU is focused on graphics rendering and high mathematical processes. And that's why when people mine Bitcoin and, and other kind of cryptocurrency, they will leverage the GPU, not the CPU. It doesn't matter if you have an i9 or an i3. Mm -hmm. If you're pushing all the workload off to your graphics adapter, then you get really you know, big things done. But what I've been complaining about is the big things that are getting done are totally stupid, like NFTs and, <laughs> and Bitcoin, which is just a waste of everything. Well, this company actually looked and said, there's got to be something we can actually use these GPUs for besides playing video games. Uh, but to, to, to you know, 
put it to a novel use. And so this is the first time I've heard of somebody doing this, where if you have a RAID controller and you're doing like RAID 5, right? When you write to a RAID 5 array, your data gets written to one disk. It gets broken up into a stripe across more than one disk. So it's going to write to at least two disks. And then it has to do a parity calculation and write a parity bit on a third disk, right? Well, that calculation is a mathematical operation. It takes time. So if you have a hardware RAID controller, that happens pretty quick. If you don't have a hardware RAID controller, you're doing that in software, which is not so quick, and it kills your disk I.O., your, your performance. But what these guys did is they said, well, you got a GPU. What if you've built out a massive storage array and you're trying to do parity calculations as fast as possible? Why not leverage the GPU? And that's exactly what they did is they, they basically found a way to push that processing load off onto a GPU and they're able to get some performance numbers that are really, really impressive. So they were able to jump up from, uh, uh, I mean, really high. They're getting like 19 million IOPS, so input output per second, uh, or input input-output operations per second, there we go, uh, and that, that's for reading, and on writing, 1.1 million IOPS and 22 gigabytes per second throughput, and that's Ooh. while doing RAID 5 or 6. Where RAID 6, you write your parity twice. Mm -hmm. So that's really, really impressive, and it, it's a just a new way. I, I've not heard of somebody leveraging a GPU to do this, to accelerate storage operations. Yeah. So now you might have a database server where you don't give two craps about a GPU. So you're like, I need fast storage and I need RAM. That's what a database server needs. Well, now you might want to look into, if I had a GPU, could I accelerate the storage performance? Now the question becomes is, will this impact GPU sales? Like, <laughs> right, we're already having trouble with like right. scarcity, right, with that industry. Is this going to create more of an impact? Is it going to affect them being able to manufacture these and, and actually get all of them is going to drive prices up. How's that going to work? So I don't think so. Okay. And, and the main reason is they did not use an off-the-shelf uh, GPU. So it's not like they said, hey, we're going to use an NVIDIA 3090 so or something. they manufacturing the whole thing by themselves. They manufactured their own. So that's the Supreme RAID SR1000. That's their card and the SR1010. Uh, so you, know, you buy that card from them. That's the GPU. It's got to be that one. In the future, maybe we'll see that change, and maybe it will leverage the off-the-shelf stuff. Question number two, can it be repurposed to do things like Bitcoin mining? <laughs> <laughs> it would seem like it would have to be, right? <laughs> Peter's <laughs> cross. <laughs> if God loves me. You're taking all the goodwill out of this one. But this card was just released two days ago, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, already sold. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I doubt... I've never heard of Grade, so this company might be gone two years from now. A lot of these are. Uh, but once the idea, once that Pandora's out of the box or yep. something's or out of Pandora's Pandora box. Pandora was the girl. Yeah. yeah. Once yeah. She, was, she was already box. out of the box. Pandora, never. Once you open the box and there's that little bracelet with charms in it. Yes. You know, I thought it was uh, a dead cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's both dead and alive. Yeah. But yeah. only in the quanta. Not after I open it. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Anyhow. People finding novel uses for GPUs. Good for them. I like it. People are crazy. They are indeed. All right. Uh, this next one comes to us from TheVerge.com. The EU, U.S., and 32 other countries, implying the EU is a country, uh, <laughs> just announced a, quote, declaration for the future of the Internet. It echoes rules like the Digital Services Act. So we hold these truths to be self-evident. <laughs> and all internets are created equal. Your mom's a dead cat. So I assume China <laughs> and Russia are on this. Uh, you know, China and Russia chose not to sign. Oh, yeah. You don't say. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Is that because they don't like let their people use internet the way they, like we do? 
Well, they, they let their people use the internet the way that the government deems appropriate. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what uh, is this? Is this something that was actually announced by the governments of these countries or, you know, business leaders in Finland have all said? Yes, no, so off. this is this is the actual governments. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to interview Bruce Schneier. And I asked him at the time, I said, we were talking about IoT. And I said, IoT is just a total train wreck. And how do we fix this? How do we get to where people aren't pushing out these devices that are just like they have full vulnerabilities day one and never get patched? And he said, the only way we're going to get past it is to have the government pass regulations. And I, I disagree with that. And, you know, th there's different yeah. philosophies. I'm a small government person. So I, I, I want less regulation, not more. Other people disagree, and that's fine. Everybody's got their, their different opinions. I want the government to tell me if I want less regulation. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? I'm on the other yeah. side. Well, wait for them to let me know. Yeah. So, How do I feel? Many people agree, though, with, with Bruce. Obviously, he's a, a big name in the world of, of cybersecurity. And he's been lobbying. And so you know, various government agencies have been moving closer and closer to passing regulation to try and rein some of this stuff in. And so there have been rumors for the last two years that people were, were getting ready to start drafting some kind of regulation. Well, a little bit of a surprise for us this year that they came out with this declaration. Now, a declaration is not a resolution. It's not a regulation. It's just a statement that these are true facts. Yeah. No, not even. It's really like... Well, just, what we believe. He, here's a suggestion like the of what we're thinking of doing. We hold these truths to be self-evident, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the Declaration for the Future of the Internet. And a lot of countries have signed it. The EU, so all of, of Europe, basically. Uh, and you've got the United States, the United Kingdom, several other countries have all signed on to it. So if you're in any of those countries, which if you're our listener, you likely are. Actually, I didn't look to see if Australia signed it. Uh, they very likely did. We'll just assume. <laughs> let's, let's push that on an entire country. The Turks and uh, you know, at, at this point in time, that might be an on the fence right there. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Australia signed it, so I'm not going to, yeah. going to go out that far. But, uh, but basically, it, it dictates a number of things. And now, keep in mind, these are not saying we're doing this; it's saying we should do it, right? right. So it's saying we should have net neutrality. We should not allow countries to restrict portions of the internet. Uh, or affect the way that traffic flows over the internet. So net neutrality is a big part of this, which is funny because in the United States, we do not yeah, have do not net neutrality, say, yeah. right? So, but the United States signed this saying, uh, yeah, you should have it. So that, that shows <laughs> I mean, you... you should have it. <laughs> right. That shows you how effective this is. Yeah. It also says we should not allow fragmenting the internet, which is what China and Russia are doing, right? So they, they basically built walls around their internet so that they can disconnect whenever they want. Uh, and we shouldn't use disconnecting the internet as a weapon. That's in here, which right. everybody does now. So that's just like the de facto first strike in any kind of combat uh, is disconnect the country's internet. So... Those are all things that are in there, as well as a lot of copyright protections, ways to protect user privacy, but also media privacy. So it's not exactly, it's not a terribly positive uh, declaration. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's in there, uh, a lot of it does support. Like the, freedom of expression and speech and right. so on and so forth. But there's plenty in there I for mean, the corporations, that, like, too. Um, you know, the fragmentation of like, hey, don't splinter off into some known faction of the Internet so that you can... Uh, you know, finally control the people's use of it. Don't weaponize. I mean, those seem like good, um, at least ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's nice to hear that they are at least behind that in some capacity, even if it's in, if they're doing it lip service. 
I mean, I guess that remains to be seen. Like yeah. you say, we are currently violating our own declaration at this point. We are. And, you know, one statement that's a part of it that I, I want to highlight, the one that I'm going to be watching, is they said uh, that they would be reducing as much as possible the environmental footprint of the Internet and digital technologies. All right. So two takeaways here. So one, the yeah. e-waste that we generate. Right. Um, with cell phones basically being disposable after mm-hmm. two yeah. years, uh, a lot of, of uh, uh, what is it, the rare earth minerals yeah. or whatever that are yeah. in them uh, and some of the toxic chemicals and other things that are in them that we, we generate every single day. So obviously that is an environmental impact. But for me, cryptocurrency. Yeah, right? yeah, the sheer amount of electricity wasted on cryptocurrency every single year. You could fire up six coal plants just to. It, just for the daily use of that crypto mining. It boggles my mind. And and I, I don't know how it is for you listeners out there, but we, you know, we're in Gainesville, Florida. And in Gainesville, paper, uh, uh, plastic straws are illegal. Yes. Uh, it is illegal to have a plastic straw in Gainesville. Be shot on sight. And, yes, yeah, you right. will. It is a, it is a, what is it, corporal they crime? They do not straight play to around jail. about it. Straight to jail. <laughs> straight to jail. Yeah, straight so to jail. all the restaurants had to switch to paper straws. Now, I get it, right? Single-use plastic. It's a waste of plastic, whatever. But it's just straws. Like, what environmental impact did that have compared to cryptocurrency? Well, especially since seeing, like, I think, like, 90-some-odd percent of the single-use plastics are used in China. Yeah. And come from Buy China. Turtles. Buy turtles. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, watch this, Billy. Yeah. We're supposed to be protecting them, and they're the I ones. I can't that, get it out. No. Some environmentalist will yeah. find me and will blame America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I feel like people are going after the wrong targets. Yeah. And I feel like some of the technologies we're deploying right now are hugely wasteful of electricity uh, and our, our resources. And we really should focus on that. So there's a statement in there that says they're going to do it, but it's so vague. Reducing as much as possible. Well, we, yeah, as much as possible right. is one percent. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we can 1%. we can reduce it one percent this year. I mean, well, yeah. well like yeah, one percent doesn't seem like a lot um, so in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. By the way, I've got all the countries here. Australia Wait. is included. Well, oh, good for them. Look at them making um, steps in the right direction. Trinidad and Tobago. Ooh, got both the, went both in, of them. but they're only counted as one. So, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. What is interesting I found in in trying to find this list was what about uh, the I found island a, of the Tuamotus. Uh, <laughs> not listed. I did find um, well, and the United Kingdom is listed as one. Uh, so you know, like Scotland didn't get its own credit or anything. Yeah. Well, it's not a country, right? It's well, we were having this discussion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Before, yeah. Country, it's not um, a country. So what's interesting is Kenya is on here, and they issued a statement going. Well, we, we didn't sign that. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Hey, really? They're, they're like, we, we haven't like approved this through our It was just some yet. guy who yeah. pretended he was with them. <laughs> well, I think they just assumed, you know, yeah. Kenya's going to do this. Yeah, they're cool. obviously. You know, Kenya's always down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kenya is like really technologically advanced. They have yeah, a they? lot of infrastructure. So it yeah. didn't sound like they weren't going to do it, but it sounded like they were like, well, we, we haven't, you know, rubber stamped this yet. Um, the weirdest country I saw in here, the, one, the only one that I, I was like, I, I don't even know that's a country, uh, Cabo Verde. Cabo Verde. Verde. Which is a, a African country as well. Haven't even heard of that. How about that? Yeah, don't know. Though. Look at me. I know Cabo Wabo. <laughs> yeah, Cabo Wabo. Sammy yeah. Hagar. Cabo San Lucas is, is that on there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cabo Wabo. That's yeah, a tequila, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. A uh, Palalu. Listen, he Palau? can't drive fifty-five. Palau? All right. <laughs> North Macedonia. Red Rocker. Not South Macedonia. They they don't care. Is there more than one? Not South Macedonia. I don't know. Of... North Macedonia. I thought that was just Macedonia. Hmm. Uh, yeah, what do I look into that as well? Uh, next week's fun with flags. Yeah, uh, it's we geography week. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's where in the world is you know? 
Well, they list the European Commission, but then they go on to list Greece, Germany, da da da. Hmm. Moldova. I thought that was now from you've a, just confused from the Princess me. Diaries. I'm. I'm <laughs> All right. Uh, like, is this a thing that's happening, or are we just making stuff up? Yeah, I should make it up. <laughs> Some of those aren't real. Uh, check in if you're from those places. Yeah. Let us know at technando.com. Uh, what we're going to do, though, real quick is take a, uh, a short break and come back and look at some uh, Deja News and then launch a new segment right after this on Technando with Don Pizzette. My name is Dana Morrison. I'm the IT director at Grace Christian School in Raleigh, North Carolina. I work with two technicians, Buddha and Anthony. We cover all grades at the school. We figure that we support approximately 800 end-user devices. My name is Buda Nepal. I work as IT support here and AV specialist. I moved into IT department and and on our first meeting, other team members asked me, hey, what's your IT background? And I was like, I don't have any. We have this SharePoint project that we're rolling out. So I was able to go to IT Pro TV and um, watch. And by the end of this month, we were actually migrating all our files to SharePoint. I can use IT Pro TV's uh, supervisor portal to check the progress of my technicians so I can see what they're looking at. So when we were doing SharePoint training, I can go in and I can see that Buddha is hitting on that content. I really want to see hands-on how they do things. And if there was an IT Pro TV, I don't know how I would have done that. IT Pro TV has given us the ability to level up our technicians to a point where they can decide, this is important for me to learn and go out and learn. At home, I have Apple TV and there is an app there. And so I actually watch on Apple TV. I, I watch it on my iPad too. Saturday mornings, I still get up early. 6.30, I go grab a cup of coffee, I sit down on the couch, and I typically watch two or three episodes uh, as I just kind of increase my own learning skill set. I would recommend IT Pro TV uh, to any IT team that is looking to extend their knowledge. Uh, it offers a great, easy-to-access, interactive, entertaining uh, environment. It's just a great tool uh, for any IT professional. The IT Pro TV app is available for iOS and tvOS. The modern user interface makes navigation easy. Recently watched videos can be found on the home screen, as well as our daily live streams. Choose landscape mode for larger viewing. Access the entire course library by clicking on the play icon. Navigate our content by category, certification, and job role. Learn where you want and when you want as a premium annual member by downloading episodes for offline viewing. Watch on the go and pick up later on any of your favorite devices. So head to the App Store and download the IT Pro TV app. Welcome back to TechNado with Don Pizzette, and uh, we've got to look back at some stories we've covered before, see what's new uh, with them in our next segment, which is Deja News. Deja News. Uh, yeah, I got. Uh, have we done Deja News in the new studio yet? We've, we've got uh, our good friend Denzel here from the classic film Deja Vu. Um, 
I don't think I've seen that. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good it? one. It's a, check it one out. of those psychological uh, thrillers. A little bit like Tenant. Remember Tenant, where they kind of went back in time? Oh, oh. did I see? Did you not see that? I haven't oh. seen it. That was good too. I almost didn't recognize Denzel because the fire was in front of him instead of behind him. So you know? I thought this was Man on Fire. Uh, uh, the, the fire right. would be behind him. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I thought this poster was from. So I'm not familiar. I'm gonna have to watch yeah, Deja Vu and Tenant. Tenant was good. Ten- Tenant's one where immediately afterwards you're like. All right, I gotta go watch that again because now <laughs> really? I'll understand how this happened. Gotcha. Uh, you know, because gotcha, there's a lot gotcha, of like, gotcha. wait, which timeline is this? Oh, it's timelines and stuff. See, you're talking oh. my language, bro. Yeah, it, it's is like, it is it Denzel? No, it's not Denzel. Oh, okay. It's the guy from Ballers, and I can't remember his name. Um, but uh, yeah, great actor. Okay, uh, you know, young actor. Uh, that's that's going places. He's going places. <laughs> he's but anyway, going places. he's amazing. Deja News uh, going places as well, and this one comes to us from thehackernews.com. QNAP advises to mitigate remote hacking flaws until patches are available. And yeah, QNAP, uh, despite us having having that one back there or two, right? <laughs> Uh, we do, yeah. Not not for critical use, but... Oh, thank uh, God, because <laughs> uh, it would not be working if it was for critical use. Um, <laughs> so what's, what's their problem now, and how does this relate to what has happened in the past? All right, so this has been building up this year since January, really. We, we reported earlier in the year about some vulnerabilities in QNAP's... Uh, they call it their uh, QNAP operating system. So their they're little operating system, they run QTS, that... Uh, there have been some vulnerabilities in the file sharing protocols that are available, and actually more than one vulnerability now, each of which allow an attacker basically remote code execution. So an attacker can get in, elevate their privileges. There was a malware package that was written that would push ransomware out to encrypt your storage device. That would be bad, right? And then uh, basically ransom your your data for you know, Bitcoin or, or whatever they were charging at the time. So we, we've reported on all that in the past. And as time has gone on, the QNAP folks kept saying like, hey, we're going to put out a patch. Don't worry. But in the meantime, if you've got a QNAP running QTS, then you need to turn off SMB version one. And then a month goes by and, oh, here's another vulnerability. Oh, by the way, we don't have a patch for this yet. So if you're running QTS, then you need to disable Apple file protocol. And then another month goes by. I think the first one was you need to disable UPnP, and and now this is all really adding <laughs> Why don't up. Let's just quite turn a bit. the QNAP off. <laughs> and now you get to today, where here we are in uh, it's May of 2022. It's been five months, uh, six months since some of these articles uh, originally released, and QNAP is still basically saying the same thing: like you've got to self mitigate. They they do not have patches for these. Even the latest firmware that's released is not fixing a lot of this stuff. Microsoft themselves has kind of given up on SMB version 1. We've heard they've started testing, removing that. So it's not entirely QNAP's fault, right? They use a lot of open source packages, and, and they're having to deal with that. But it, it is a little frustrating to see this. And I, I do have a QNAP myself at home. So like you mentioned, the one we use here yeah. for just temporary video storage. I have one at home that's my Plex server. And it, it would annoy me if I lost the data on there, but it's not critical by any means. But for me, I... Uh, uh, I, I, I know about a lot of these vulnerabilities, and I basically disable the services I don't use. So I, I already had AFP turned off. I have SMB is completely turned off on mine. I only do SSH connections into mine, SFTP. So you know, if you if you treat it securely, if you're a sysadmin, if you know better, then you can use the device securely, and it's fine. But your average person at home that's buying these things, because they do target the regular home user with a lot of their storage devices... They don't know enough to secure these, and they're starting to really build a bad track record. Maybe that was by design. 
maybe. They have, I think they're a Taiwanese company. I think they're based out of Taiwan, oh, right? I, I was just trying to run through I my mean, head if they have Chinese open connections. Source, like, are there not open source alternatives to the things that are, they are using? So, Could they not like spin up some different firmware with different things? So? I've dug into their stuff. It is based on uh, Debian. Okay. So it's just Debian Linux, and they're leveraging a lot of the technologies that are there. Yeah. And so on those, like if you deploy, well, Debian will say, hey, we got a secure distro because right. Samba is not installed by default. But if you install Samba, it's limited to version 2 by default. And yeah. so that, that's what they really need to do is to change their appliances. If they're telling you to self-mitigate, like they should be doing that for you. Yeah. And if you choose to enable SMB1, that's a different story, right? But 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 that's not what they're doing. Yeah. It's like... It almost seems like uh, was that, that, that on uh, Liar Liar when he goes to his uh, your, your client is in trouble again. Do you have any legal advice for him? Stop breaking the law, <laughs> asshole. You know, it's like stop using broke stuff mm -hmm. and yeah. giving it to me and selling it to me. And, you know, let's do better. How about we opt into security? There you go. Right. How yep. about we try that? Well, so, you know, it, it's really interesting because you'll hear things. And even, even here in this article, so this is on the Hacker News, like they say, until the updates are available, they're recommending users disable AFP. The flaws have been patched so far in QTS 4.5.4.2012 build, blah, blah, blah. So they're, they're telling you it's patched, but they're also telling you to disable it. So there's some, some real mixed information that's coming out on this, and it's a bit messy. Just... Just know that if you have a QNAP device, first off, it is absolutely not worth it to connect to their cloud services. Do not do that. Mm. Uh, you should disable UPnP because your QNAP will open up all sorts of ports on your, your router if you allow that. Uh, and then d disable any protocols you don't use. If you don't have any Macs, even if you have Macs, they don't use AFP by default anymore anyway. They'll use SMB. Turn off AFP. For the home user, maybe... Uh an easier solution, maybe not a perfect one, but an easier solution would be to firewall that device and only allow, like, hey, you shouldn't be giving it access to the internet, right? Just no internet access. You do not yeah. go out to internet. You make a little firewall rule. If you're coming from this device, you say no. Yeah, you know, in, in the QNAP App Store, they have what's called the Q firewall. Yeah, and I, I have that installed on mine, and it is restricted just to the local the, the IP addresses that I use in my house. That's not the QAnon firewall. That's the Q it's not the QAnon okay. firewall. Yep. Uh, in fact, the only remote access I allow to mine is Plex connections because yeah. I run my Plex server on it. Yeah. Um, so I, I do allow remote to that, but everything else is blocked. I mean, I think the real challenge here is that as as IT professionals. We look at some home users, like, you know, my mom yeah. will call for help. You're like, oh, come on. But <laughs> like how Don is exasperated by his mother. Sometimes, yeah. Cry for so, <laughs> I don't mind Don's mom calls. But, uh, <laughs> but it is, it, it's somewhat unreasonable, the expectation that's being placed on home users these days. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you guys talk about things I don't understand, I'll, <laughs> I'll just go off on different tangents on the internet. And, and you said at the beginning, uh, Bitcoin or whatever they're using these days. And it made me think about about hackers. They used to use Western Union all the time. And I was like, has Western Union suffered because of Bitcoin? According to the articles I'm finding, th they're doing just fine. And they're actually offering a way to buy cryptocurrencies through Western really? Union. So they're like, hey, if the hackers are moving, yeah. we'll move with them. Because Got to go where the money is. Yeah, right? we need to continue yeah. to be the number one go-to source for, for international crime. Uh, and, and Western <laughs> Union is, is taking that on. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, staying in Deja News, but looking at another article that we've uh, we've reported 
reported on before, this is on Pharonix.com, concerns raised over the new NTFS Linux driver that merged last year. So last year we covered it when, when we did. it happened. Yeah. But what are these concerns and, and should we be worried? So last year when we covered this, Paragon Software, they they make a commercial NTFS driver for Linux. You can buy it, at, I think it's like 20 or $30 to, to get a license for it. They made the gesture of saying they wanted to open source their driver. Now, the NTFS driver that comes with Linux is great for reading NTFS disks, not so great for writing. It's got slow performance when it writes, and there are some data corruption scenarios that can happen. Obviously not ideal. So most production environments won't use the, the, the native Linux kernel driver for NTFS for writes. They just use it for reads, and that's it. Well, the Paragon one does reads and writes and does it really well. The performance is pretty good. It's not as good as like XFS or something, but but it, it is adequate, right? So they said they wanted to open source it. That sounded good. At the time, Linus Torvalds rejected it. And it was because they just took this giant ball of messy code and submitted it and said, here you go, right? So they, they, they did very low effort on it. And Linus said at the time, you know, it's a nice gesture, I guess, but if you're not going to maintain it, if you're not going to take the, the time to clean the code up and publish it in a reliable way, then you're probably not going to maintain it. You're not going to run it long term, and so we don't want it. And they rejected it. Well, Paragon did clean it up and resubmit it, but here we are a year later, and they've done absolutely nothing. At that time, not a single pull, or, you know, a, a uh, code change, commit. Yeah. yeah, a commit, uh, not a single one. In, in the last year. And so it looks like what Linus thought would happen actually did happen. Paragon basically threw it out there and has somewhat abandoned it. And now I could, I could get it. Like if it was perfect, there were no flaws, no issues, and you know, why, why patch something that's working perfectly? But it's not. You know? and <laughs> but, it's but it's not. open source. Isn't the yeah. community supposed to maintain that? They could. They could. Yeah, you could totally fork this and like start yeah. you know, supporting it yourself if you had the uh, means to do so. Yep. So many people, myself included, had hoped that this would become the new default NTFS driver that you know we could read and write to NTFS and Linux. It is annoying when somebody gives yeah. me a USB key and I plug it in my Ubuntu system and I, I can read, but I can't write to it or whatever. And, it's and frustrating. Why, this is Microsoft's technology, though, right? They mm -hmm. create, why aren't they releasing some sort of driver for this for other platforms? So they, they could, yeah. but especially since they're... Other platforms. Well, I mean, you're... You, but you have like Windows Subsystem the only Linux now. They, yeah. Like times have changed. I could see back in the day when it was a real competition, but now they're kind of working hand in hand. That's true. You would think yeah. it. the well, ubiquity of NTFS would push them to do this. I think the challenge of it right now is that they they have it copyrighted, trademarked, whatever. You know, that's their proprietary intellectual property. And if they were to open source it, they would kind of lose some of the protection that's around it. Yeah. So NTFS is considered a business advantage for them. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if that's like a patent okay. they're making any money on. That, Great you know, question. Hit the bottom line. Yeah. yeah, like are QNAPs and other storage devices using NTFS as their storage? Like not, it's not only, internally. It's no, it's only in the servers, right? That it's really like Windows machines use NTFS. Everything else kind of uses other stuff. Right. Yeah. So, but you know, NTFS is a good file system, it and is. It, if it were open source, maybe we would see it used in, in yeah. more places. But as it stands, uh, we don't. And even like a Mac, if you plug an NTFS USB key into your Mac, it'll read it. But it won't write to it. Right, you can't and, write to a thing. Right, you can't do what it consistently. Fat thirty two is that? Yeah. It will do fat, right? Xfat, yeah. Xfat, Xfat's uh, kind of the recommended one, but it, it doesn't do journaling, so yeah. you get data corruption a lot. That's fun. I just want <laughs> to show off that I knew that term. Yeah. Oh man, ain't nothing like this file is corrupt. I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> 
Please don't let that be the please no. What if I Pretty just pull out that? this USB key without ejecting it? Would yeah, that don't fix do it? that? <laughs> yeah, well, that was uh, uh, in what so far I have dubbed the favorite Yo Mama joke that a, a uh, listener submitted. Oh, was, uh, you know, you fat, yeah. took a picture. Uh, your mama's so fat that uh, I had to reformat the USB key X fat because <laughs> the picture wouldn't that fit. Is funny. <laughs> the picture was over four gigs. I'm, yeah. I'm ruining the joke now. Yeah, darn no, it. It, was, it was quality. We, we, we get the spirit of it, Don. You got yeah, it. Yeah, we, we, I mean, it. Yeah, yeah. We know she's big. She's a big woman. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a look now uh, at our last segment today, which is a brand new segment The More You Know. <laughs> SpongeBob. Yeah, I was going to use the SpongeBob. the NBC one, but it uh, it's uh, trademarked. It goes, well, it goes right into. Well, I'm sure this is right <laughs> yeah. right That's true. copyright Nickelodeon. Yeah, it does do that. I left that part on. Eat it, um, Nickelodeon. But uh, the more you know, goes right into the uh, the Peacock, and it's going to be hard to loop. So this is good. Uh, all right, so this is from VisualCapitalist.com, which I think is a site that does a lot of these kind of uh, you know infographics things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, uh, and this is a cool one that Don found how do big tech giants make their billions uh and i assume it's on the back of, uh, <laughs> underpaid uh employee oh yeah specifically yeah, yeah, i mean yeah, more specifically. Yeah. um so what do you want to do you want to just kind of go down the list here and look at well what's so i i came across this while i was researching something else i had this theory that i needed approved and i i came across this and uh a, a goat can eat a full solid lead bar uh-huh. yeah <laughs> Come well, find out. You know, there's there's times we hear stories right like yeah. like amazon where Amazon needed a bunch of servers in place, but they knew they weren't going to use them all. And so they thought, hey, let's rent off the, the, the stuff we're not using. So we'll have it available. So during Black Friday, we've got the infrastructure, but the rest of the time we can rent it out. And so you begin to wonder, how much money does Amazon actually make from AWS? Less than I thought. I thought it would be a bigger chunk by this point. I, I agree. So is that the large cloud, cloud provider on Earth? They are. And, and, it, and it gets into the, the market share in a minute um, here. But yeah, it's, uh, AWS makes up 13.2% of Amazon's total revenue. Now, it may be... I was about to say, can you do the math real quick on what is 13.2% uh, of you know, $470 billion? A Brazilian sure. dollars? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I won't. Uh, but maybe it is more profitable too, though. You know, than yeah. uh, because they don't have the the same amount of, of costs as they do. It on, is just revenue that's being store. measured. Yeah. 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 Uh, the the online stores portion is forty seven uh, percent. Um, yeah. So so in, in the case of Amazon, their online storefront is where they make their money, right? So when you go on Amazon and buy stuff and get it at Amazon Prime or whatever, that's where they're making their money. There are other things like their streaming video and subscription services. That's a drop in the bucket for them. It's very small. But it turns out AWS itself is actually a very, very small portion of the revenue. So it's interesting to 61 see. 61 billion, according to my math. Holy moly. But it's it, still it's a small portion. So, yeah. 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 So it's super tiny. Yeah. But it's interesting to see, you know, when we think about AWS and how Amazon, like, like that must be a big part of it, uh, it turns out to be a very small thing. So they, they have so much innovation going on there, and they've, they've dominated the cloud server market, and it's a small business unit to them. Yeah. Hmm. And what's crazy is, is even Prime uh, subscription services is only 6.8%. So help, I expected that to be more the recurring revenue portion. Of help it. me out with third-party seller services. There, yeah, so that's, that's 22%. What is that? So like anybody can have a – you can register a store on Amazon. Okay. Like you know how when you buy stuff on Amazon, sometimes it ships from and sold by Amazon? Yeah. But a lot of times it's sold by somebody else. Gotcha. And that's there, the third party. There are party. other places where you can check out using Amazon on so, other sites. So basically well. like if I was a seller – 
then I could use Amazon as my storefront. Right. And, and, and they get I a cut. pay them a commission. Yeah, this, for doing that. this says because I don't know if you can see it on the um, on the mobile oh, version. Yeah. It says okay. includes yeah. commission, shipping fees, and other. But it did say that. But so. I just didn't understand what. That so a lot means. of that's probably pass through wow. costs. You yeah. know, if they're paying shipping straight back out. Yep. Uh, so let's scroll down. The next one here is Apple uh, with a total revenue of three hundred sixty-five uh, billion and change. And uh, well, they got their money maker there. Man, that yeah. iPhone. Now, th this is what I was researching when I came across this okay. article. So, uh, you know, last week we broke the news about Apple killing off the macOS server app, right? Yeah, and like, how, how bad is that going to hurt them? I had a lot of people reaching out to me about that, saying, you know, I, I love macOS as a server. Why is Apple doing this? Why doesn't Apple care about businesses? And, you know, they're killing they the profile manager. they don't care about businesses. And the reality is they don't care about business, right? So I wanted to go and find a breakdown, like, where are they generating the revenue? How much, what I wanted to know was, how much money do they make off of macOS? And so I came across this breakdown. It was really interesting because the iPhone, now, not the iPad. This is strictly just the iPhone, is 52.5% of their revenue. So over half their money comes from iPhone sales. iPad's another 8.7 on top of that. Then almost 20% of the revenue comes from their uh, uh, Apple Pay, Apple Music, Apple TV, their subscription services, right? So if you add all that together, it's over 75% of the revenue comes basically from their mobile devices yeah. and, and their associated services. Macs, so... When I say Mac, we're talking about Mac Minis, iMacs, yeah. MacBooks. Computers. Yeah. yeah. Computers. Anything running Mac OS, 9.6% mm. of the revenue, less which, than 10% of the revenue. Which is less than the wearables. Uh, now, hold on. AirPods. I yeah. watch a lot of television, and everybody on TV uses a Mac. Yeah. So I'm under Are you only watching inside. Apple TV? No, I actually don't have Apple TV. Because <laughs> I, I love those shows where, like, the you know, they're always on. Yeah. Uh, Everything's iOS. Ted Lasso has done a really good job. Yeah. Like they they integrate the the text yeah. messages on the screen, so you yep. kind of see them and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's impressive. So it's, it's crazy the the percentage of of income they have to so that three hundred sixty five billion too. It's ninety four billion, whereas Amazon is only making thirty three billion off of their much higher four hundred sixty nine billion revenue. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, they, they get bigger margins. Uh, Apple does, yeah. but. It does show you, like, when I, because I, I might have even said this, when I, I say Apple doesn't care about macOS, that's absolutely true. It's a very, very small line item on their revenue sheet. They do not care about macOS, and I don't really know why they keep it around. I think maybe so they have something to run internally, mm -hmm. but uh, but they just don't care about it. And so that's why they're not moving it into the enterprise market. That's why they stay focused on home users or whatever, because they don't have to change anything. They're already focused on home users. It's, it would seem that they, like you say, they would kind of abandon that because, I mean, they do have to spend money on developers and, you know, mm -hmm. people writing patches and updates and supporting the customers that are buying it. You would think that they would just go, eh, let's just slap Linux on this thing and call it a day. Yeah. I, I feel like if, if you could run Xcode on an iPad yeah. or on iOS, like if you could compile iOS apps on an iOS device... They probably would discontinue macOS. Yeah. We'd see it go away. So point is, the, the reason I wanted to bring this up here is if you're looking at your future IT career and trying to plan it out, maybe putting all your eggs in the macOS basket is not a good idea. Like yeah. the, the writing is kind of on the wall for this one. And it may dangle around for a little while, but it's, it's not looking good. And we don't have to go through all these numbers um, for the other ones because we'll we'll put the link in the uh, in the YouTube description here. Um, YouTube, which makes up over sixty nine percent of uh, Google's uh, advertising, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, along with other properties. But uh, anything else that's stuck out to you? I'd say the one thing that, sure, that surprised Meta. me is, yeah, Meta's crazy. It's yeah. like a big circle. Um, <laughs> but Azure makes up 30%, 31% of Microsoft's revenue compared to what we were talking about, about uh, AWS only being 13%. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're starting to push away from like on-prem stuff. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, Azure, want everything in Azure. Uh, to, to talk about market share, because we were talking about that a second ago, Azure has 22% of the cloud market. AWS has 36%. So yeah, smaller uh, smaller share, but it's a, it represents a bigger chunk yeah. of their But it, their it shows us the focus these companies have. So Microsoft obviously is doubling down on Azure. They're going to continue uh, innovating, coming up with new solutions. Like Azure is going to be around a while. That's one that you can you can count on. They're probably the best diversified Microsoft yeah. when you look at it here. Yeah, Nothing's absolutely. over 31% is the highest with, with Azure. Did you notice on Alphabet how much the Google Cloud of, of the revenue was? I didn't because I don't see it yeah. there. Yeah, that falls under other bets, 0.4%. Uh, so Google Cloud is not even a blip on their balance sheet. But there's uh, 9% of the of the cloud market share, according to this as well, which is, is nuts. Well, I think it's because they're overall... Are they giving it away? Uh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, I might want to get me on some GCP. <laughs> it's not, not strong. Uh, but it 86% of the, of the search... Um, market right now with Bing coming yeah. second at 8%. Yeah. And Facebook, you know, like you said, it's a circle. 97.5% of the revenue is ad generated. Like yeah. they are an ad company. They want your data. If you think you can trust Facebook, you absolutely cannot. Like it's no. just, it's a fact. And two and a half percent other, like I was trying to think, I was like, they have the portal yeah. device Oculus, that cannot be that. Oculus, heroin. Oculus. Yeah. Heroin. Heroin. Black Tower heroin. Yeah. Fentanyl. <laughs> All the that bad ones. More. Yeah, that'd be higher. And, you know, they do uh, I money. say that jokingly. I'm not trying to disparage Facebook. The, there's probably <laughs> stuff like the Facebook Marketplace, right? Because they get a cut of that, don't they? I think on higher ticketed items, they they take a cut. I mean, most yeah. of that is is just. Oh yeah, because there's people that ship on there. Mm. Yeah, because obviously a lot of that is is face to face in person. I've never yeah. actually bought anything on that, so oh, I don't know. It's but... a free for all. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Nugent, wild right? place. Q Ted Nugent. <laughs> Ted Nugent. Yeah. He's on there as well. There's a song yeah. that's called Free for All. Yeah. yeah. But I thought it would be a fun one to talk about here on yeah, the podcast because sure. it just kind of shows what these companies' focus is, right? Apple, you can't blame them. They're focused on the iPhone because that's where the bulk of the revenue is coming yeah. from. But we talked too about the, you know, they're more profitable because they own that entire uh, ecosystem. They, it's you know, a vertical. Yeah, they've yep. got the, the software, the hardware, and everything. Whereas mm -hmm. Amazon is is selling other people's products on their platform, so yeah. going to be higher higher overall revenue, but lower profit um, from that. So interesting, but definitely definitely cool to see it visualized like that. So. Uh, nice find. All right, want to let you know about uh, some webinars coming up. Speaking of, of Azure, we have um, what is Azure Bicep coming up on Thursday, May 5th, and you can head over to itpro.tv slash webinars to register for that one, as well as uh, all of the future ones and past webinars will be archived there as well. So uh, Adam Gordon and Wes Bryant are going to talk about how to use the power of Azure uh, Bicep to work for you Thursday, May 5th at 2 p.m. Eastern time, uh, the same day this comes out. So That makes way more sense. I just thought Adam was going to remove the skin off of his arm. No, oh, not, not what is Adam's right. bicep. Yes, it's what gotcha. is Azure gotcha. bicep. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like ridiculously named technologies, be sure to tune into that yeah. one. Exactly. <laughs> Azure bicep. Somebody should get fired for I, that. Dude, I, we've been having this conversation <laughs> around here. It's like, are they just sitting around going, 
What's the most ridiculous thing we can name things? Well, they, do they have like a theme? Are there? Is there oh, well, there's tricep as well. But yeah, that's... yeah. Here's deltoid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did I make this joke last week? That I I'm waiting for Azure glute. Yeah, I think <laughs> if not here, you've it's said good, it around. I it's think. a good joke. To, you can bring yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll reuse can that. Can we run one. that Deja News intro? Deja joke. Uh, also, the next webinar coming up after that is going to be Thursday, May 19th, with Daniel Lowry and a uh, friend of Technado, John Hammond. Whoa. I'll be joining you. I know that guy. You're going to be doing, uh, you got the new video wall I do. over there you're going to be having some fun with. So a little bit of a different format for Sophie's that webinar. Sophie's going to be in there taking taking the questions live as you go. Um, so we'll be hitting, uh, hitting you guys with those questions as they come in. So a lot more interactive than our other webinars for that one. Uh, you can join the conversation for all things cybersecurity. Is there a theme? you guys are doing on that one? Not really. Uh, we're just kind of like, the theme is, let's all have a conversation about cybersecurity. Okay. So whatever the people yeah, want to talk we're, about. We're going to kind of get the ball rolling with whatever, and then we're going to be watching that chat room and seeing if there's anything interesting coming from there. If not, we'll just keep our organic conversation kind of going until time's yeah. up. I'm just going to put in a bunch of stupid questions. Dude, go for it. It's going to be great. I, I, would, I would actually enjoy that. <laughs> like physical security. Yeah. Things. <laughs> my, my brother keeps stealing my diary. Um <laughs> All right. Uh, also, uh, while you're on that internet, head over to technando.com. You can uh, check out a little bit more about us, see all the past episodes, learn about the team here. Uh, you can order some Technado swag. You can reach out to us and, and tell us things about Don's mother or... Uh, <laughs> Lovely woman. Yeah, we want to know... Uh, what, what did we ask before? What countries you were from, if you're on one of the countries, the 30-some-odd yep. uh, countries that have signed on to the Declaration of internet uh, but head over there and also you can click the big orange button that says sponsored by it pro tv it's in the upper right hand corner and you can get a 30 percent off coupon code for the lifetime of your personal subscription to it pro tv true story so request a true team story. trial yeah and uh and find out all the great features available to teams from you know it pro tv hey if you're in london too this week um First of all, I'm not. He hates uh, you. Apparently, you need, <laughs> you need a valid passport to get yeah. out. It's a stupid thing they're doing. Um, Who made these rules? Up? Yeah, <laughs> government. Um, but uh, yeah, head over to Learning Technologies at the Excel um, Center, which is over uh, in the Docklands area, of course. Oh, of course. Uh, right next to Greenwich, where where the clock is. Where the meantime is? I think they very mean. I read about it because I was going to I was going to go look at it. But now uh, you get to because you're in go the to the Century Tower. Yeah, I'm going to go that. to the clock downtown maybe yeah. to check that out. But, yeah, they drop a red ball every day at 1 o'clock. So the, the boats passing on the on the Thames could see it, and they could set their clocks on their way out of, out of town. Okay. And hmm. they would have their clocks set. I like interesting facts. Yeah, you know a, that running amok that is a, a verified medical condition? like a No. Yeah. It starts like... Where you are like scabies? Now. Uh, no, not <laughs> like scabies. Uh, it's more of a mental condition. Ah, okay. And it manifests as a physical. I've always told my scabies is in my thing. head. <laughs> your scabies is in your head. So, that's uh, I think you need to get a different doctor. Yeah. Just like you know, when it's you, like, sir, you do not have scurvy when you're, again. Your pee is bright red, but is this the next QAnon thing that scabies isn't real? Yeah. Scabies yeah. is a government it's conspiracy. <laughs> have you seen the my, my favorite of those? Like, are you a flat scabier? It's birds. The, the birds aren't real. Yeah. Yeah. The birds are yeah. real. Yeah. It's great. It, well, it's, it's a joke. But uh, oh, Okay, thank you. Yeah. So I, here, I, here's the world we live in where I have to question yeah. whether or not that people think birds are real. I, I'm pretty sure real. it's a joke. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole Reddit Fingers sub crossed, where right? you know, people 
post yeah. all kinds of great things. Fingers but check crossed. that out. You a flat birder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, birds are flat or one dimensional. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, Great episode today. A lot of fun news, and uh, I'm sure we'll do that more you know segment for for things that maybe aren't news, but fun, fun, Fun random facts. Good times. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week right here on Technado with Don Fazette.